Welcome back to Final Jeopardy. The category is Historical Hymns. And here's the answer. This hymn, written in 1719 by English minister Isaac Watts, is now commonly sung as a Christmas carol. Good luck, contestants. Your time starts now. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley, grateful to be with you for this hour of spiritual direction as together we seek to draw closer to Jesus today. All right, Final Jeopardy contestants, did you come up with the right hymn? In case you missed it, the Jeopardy-style answer was this. This hymn, written in 1719 by English minister Isaac Watts, is now commonly sung as a Christmas carol. Have a guess? If you said, what is joy to the world, you are correct. Joy to the World, composed in 1719 by Isaac Watts, was his Christological interpretation of Psalm 98. But here's something interesting. I said it is now commonly sung as a Christmas carol because it was not originally written as a Christmas carol, as there is no reference to the nativity of Jesus. Rather, Watts had in mind his second coming. So, believe it or not, if we stick to that interpretation, Joy to the World could be as much an Advent hymn as a Christmas carol. I'm glad we sing it at Christmas, though. But I'm going to try to sing it at other times as well. Because let's face it, we know neither the day nor the hour when Christ is returning. And joy is something that, in my opinion, we need much more of in the world today. What is joy? Where does it come from? Yes, it's a fruit of the Spirit, but is it pure gift, or does your receptivity have something to do with it? How can you grow in joy, and how can you inspire joy in others? Today on the show, we're talking about joy, specifically, of course, the true joy that is found in a relationship with Christ. Our spiritual director for the hour ahead is Father John Eckert. Father Eckert is the pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. Good afternoon, for, or good early afternoon, Father. Thanks for being back with us. Patrick, I'm very happy to be back with you. Yeah. Are you joyful to be back with me? <laughs> Completely. And, you know, you always surprise me because I never know what, the, uh, what your intro is going to be. That's and right. I was so excited to say, what is joy to the world to myself? Nice. With a big smile on my face. Because last time you talked about trick-or-treating, this time we're <laughs> jumping ahead to Christmas, which is great in the middle of July. And it honestly, what it, and what it made me think of uh, is one of my favorite things to watch every Christmas season. It's the Will Vinton Claymation Christmas. And there's the one in the midst of that on joy to the world that it's, uh, I don't know, just makes me happy. So nice. I, I really appreciate you bringing up uh, Isaac Watts and joy to the world. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to talk about. And I think at the heart of our spiritual life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's what we're going to get into and hopefully have a very joy filled program today with lots of calls as People reflect on where they have found joy in their life and how they've experienced that. If you have had a specific time in your life that you think, wow, this is just a, a, the meaning of joy, if you'd like to share that, if you're a joyful person, if you share joy with other people, how do you do that? 888 is the number to call. Love to get you on the air. And you can also send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, let's start out with the basics, Father. As usual, here on The Inner Life, we'd like to define what we're talking about. We're talking about joy, but what is joy? What is Christian joy, Father? Well, you know, it's interesting if you look to 
where we draw the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Uh, specifically, it's listed in St. Paul's letter to the Galatians in chapter 5, beginning there at, at verse 22. And he's just gone through a litany of, you know, what does not come from the Spirit. But then we get this this beautiful list of the fruits. The first one is love, and then he immediately gives us joy. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so this coming from, from the Lord and following him, um, you know, it's not mere passing fancy, passing happiness. It's, you know, being rooted in the eternal hope of, as you just mentioned with Isaac Watts, right? The second coming of our Lord, our Lord who has already come to us, who is, you know, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried, rose from the dead. I mean, it's just like St. Paul says in another place, you know, if Christ is not risen, your faith is in vain. We know that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, we know that he has told us, you know, if we're going to be his disciples, we have to deny ourselves, take up our crosses daily and follow him. I think that word daily is probably the hardest in all of sacred scripture. And, uh, you know, just to keep following him. But we know that in bearing our cross and staying close to him, uh, that we find eternal life. We find, you know, the joy of the resurrection, that it's not just something that's, you know, quick and, uh, and passing. And so like what we're talking about here has very deep roots, uh, because Mm. I just say right out of the gate, I think it's an important thing to recognize. We live in a fallen world. I mean, this isn't like talking about joy. It's not like, Oh, it's just being like Pollyanna. Everything's great. Let's be honest. Everything is not great. I mean, it's, we've, we've got our difficulties, uh, you know, all of our struggles from small to big, from personal to global, uh, there's a lot to face. However, you know, we've not been abandoned. Jesus Christ has become one of us, has suffered for us, has died for us, has risen from the dead and ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father, and has promised, I am with you always until the end of the age. And so we know that he's with us. We know that, as St. Paul tells us in his letter to the Colossians, right there at the beginning, I think it's 124, that, you know, we're making up in ourselves what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. That doesn't mean that Jesus didn't do something right. No, he did to the fullest, but we're part of his body, and we bear the cross, but in bearing the cross, it brings about great fruit, uh, which, you know, St. Paul lists them there with these 12 beautiful things, the second of which is joy. Um, and is that easy work? No, but it's, it's incredible. The fruits that come. Yeah. Oh man. So many things just to unpack in what you just said, father. I think one of the things that really jumps to mind first though, and you, you did a great job of outlining this is that the presence of Christ, I am with you always to the end of the age, just the presence of Christ actually in contemplating the Isaac Watts thing, again, him writing joy to the world specifically, as a uh, a second coming hymn that um, yeah. that Christ is coming again, but if we uh, look to what is Saint Bernard, I think, who writes about that that silent middle coming of Christ to each individual person, that that's really the place where we find that joy and continue in that joy and grow that joy is the presence of Christ within us, right? Absolutely, and you know what it reminds me of too is you're saying this with with Isaac Watts, you know, enjoy the world, the Lord is come. You know, it makes yeah. me think, too, with, uh, you know, okay, that silent coming of Christ. Think about what the Council Fathers at the Second Vatican Council uh, said about the Eucharist, the source and the summit of our faith. You know, the source, the beginning, the summit, the pinnacle to which we're striving. 
And our Lord is, you know, it's like he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's encompassing the whole thing. He's already come. He's coming again. And he's with us in the midst of all of these things, in our joys, in our sufferings. Um, I'll tell you, this week it's it's been kind of a, a heavy one for me at the parish. I have four funerals this week. Oh, and, goodness. you know, young and old and, and all. And so, but our Lord is in the mix of all of that, you know, is right there with those families, you know, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't abandon us in the midst of our suffering. He's there with us to help us through. And, and because he's there, we're able to have meaning and purpose and hope, even in the face of death, you know, and, and thanks be to God for that. Right. And so it's just this, this beautiful, all encompassing nature of our Lord, you know, of the word, who you know respects our dignity to the point that like he allows us to make the decision to cooperate, right? Like he he you know as, as I think it was Saint Augustine said, you know he created us without us, but he won't save us without us. Like he doesn't he doesn't force us along. He allows us to cooperate, but it's in that cooperation uh, with our Lord who is truly present, you know that that fruit of joy springs about. Yeah, so good, so good. And, you know, thinking about joy in the time of tribulation, I'm thinking of various places in Scripture where we can find that. One thing that jumps to mind is John 16, when he, when Jesus says, I've said this to you, that in me you have, may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That there is this possibility of joy, even in the midst of some of our deepest sufferings as well. And that seems to be antithetical. It seems to be oxymoronic, right, that we can have joy sure and suffering going on at the same time. You want to dig a little bit deeper into that, Father? I mean, how is that possible? How do, how do we have joy? Where do we find joy in the midst of our suffering? Where can we look for it? I'm so glad you brought that up, because that, that honestly is probably one of my favorite quotes in all of sacred scripture. It's John mm. 16, 33. Yeah, in the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And actually, that be of good cheer, in the New American Bible, that gets translated, take courage, and in the Revised Standard Version, it gets translated, be of good cheer. I appreciate the fact that you could translate it either way. Because, you know, having courage doesn't mean that, like, you know, we have to have stern faces and be, you know, be upset to get through everything. It's like our Lord wants us to be, I mean, of good cheer, of knowing deep down inside that he has overcome. And remember, John 16, 33, that's in the midst of the Last Supper discourse. Right. He is yeah. mere hours from being betrayed by his friends, of being, you know, arrested uh, by the, you know, high priest authority, right, of being handed over to Pontius Pilate, of, you know, the crowds who are just welcoming him to town on Palm Sunday are now going to be yelling out, crucify him. And he's the one who's saying in the midst of that, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so to recognize that our Lord doesn't tell us to do things that he hasn't already done himself, right? Like he has the wounds in his body, you know, like he has taken on the cross, but you know, it's like he, you know, I, I forget the exact phrase of like, you know, scorning the, the, the suffering that would come, he moved forward towards the joy of the resurrection. Yeah, Why? That's right. Because he loves us, you know, and in the same way, that when we, when we love people, we're willing to make sacrifices for them. You know, it's like our deepest relationships aren't, well, I'm going to do this for you because you can do this for me, right? Like I, I love my nieces and my nephews, right? But it's not because, 
well, they can donate to my parish's capital campaign. It's like, no, I love them because of who they are, you know, I can, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. I'm going to do anything I can for them, you know, and same way, you know, the, the kiddos in our school, the families that I get to serve, it's, it's not, what can you do for me? It's, it's, you know, how can I lay down my life for you? And then in doing so, uh, beautiful fruit comes about. I'll tell you one other thing I think would be a, a good thing to kind of reference right now, especially, you know, on this Wednesday between the 15th and 16th Sundays of Ordinary Time in year A, we just got the parable of the sower this past yeah. Sunday. Yeah. We're coming up on the parable of the weed and the weeds and the uh, the mustard seed and the woman who took yeast and mixed it with flour and leavened the whole batch. You know, you think about what our Lord shows us, you know, in, in his radical generosity and casting seed all over the place, right? I mean, he's going to keep providing. The question is, how do we respond? I'm guessing most people listen to this. They're probably not like the soil on the path that the devil comes and snatches it right away. Probably not as much like the rocky soil. There's probably some roots, but the thorns, right? And Mm. what were the thorns we heard about this past week? Worldly anxiety, and the lure of passing riches. Yep. Those things can keep us from bearing that great fruit. And this, you know, one of the main fruits here, joy. You know, as we follow him, as we try to, you know, ask him to prune back the anxieties in our life, not to let them overtake us, and to prune back our desires for just worldly comforts. When we do that, we find these these 12 uh, fruits that he's given us. And he said, you'll bear great fruit, 160 and 30 fold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be able to, to ask him to have that anxiety cut back, suffering's going to come. We know the cross is there, but right. he's going to help us to bear the cross, right? And the lure of riches, it's like, look at him, look at the gospels, go to adoration, spend time in prayer. And you'll see that the greater gifts come from him you know, not from whatever's being pitched to us right now via advertisement, social media, TV, commercials, whatever else. Right. Our spiritual director today, Father John Eckert, is the pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina, as we're talking about joy, specifically Christian joy. If you consider yourself a joyful person, then give us a call. Let us know. What does that mean in your life? How does it manifest itself in your life? Do you seek to share joy with other people? And how do you do that? Maybe it's through this, through simple acts. Maybe you hold the door open for someone or give them a smile or whatever it is. Let us know and help us to learn how to share joy with others as well. 888-914-9149 is our phone number. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, I'm aware that, uh, you know, oftentimes we do liken joy with that sense, with a feeling, with a sense of, of feeling happy, uh, with a sense of feeling um, elated, I suppose, in some to some degree, uh, you know, smile on your face, that sort of thing. But Christ, who arguably had the fullness of all the fruits of the Spirit and cooperated perfectly with them, of course, and his divine being a divine person, um, he himself went through times of anguish. I'm thinking, obviously, most or most obviously, perhaps the cross and the Garden of Gethsemane. There were times when he, you know, he still had the fullness of joy, but he was suffering so terribly. So, I guess my question for you, Father, is. What are some of the signs that we have, Joy? Because it's not simply a smile on our faces, right? What are some of the signs that we have this deep Christian joy? Uh, That's a very good question. I would say, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's not just an on-the-surface sort of a thing. I think it's the ability to continue to trust, uh, to continue to follow what our Lord is clearly laying out for us, 
even when we really don't want to keep taking that next step, you know, even when it's difficult to keep being faithful to our vocation, to do what our Lord is asking us to do, um, but to do it in such a way that we're not complaining as we do it, right? And, and like I said, our Lord gives us the example uh, you know, to be able to say something like, Father, if it be your will, let this chalice pass for me, but not my will, your will be done. To be able to say that, that not my will, but your will be done, uh, is so important to be able to do. I remember when I was uh, discerning the priesthood growing up, I used to go to some uh, vocation discernment camps. And one of the prayers there was, God, help me to want to be what you want me to be. Because remember, it's like what our Lord has willed for us is ultimate, lasting, you know, happiness, healthfulness, holiness, you know, just like total communion with him, the fulfillment of all these gifts. And that involves, you know, some self-sacrifice, some, some, you know, laying down of yourself for him. But then that leads to this, you know, true and lasting joy. And there are going to be moments when, you know, we don't have like the, the overabundant experience of just like the felt joy in the moment but to continue to trust in our Lord, in his will for us, even when it's difficult, I think, you know, that's where we find like that rock solid ground of, of the lastingness of the joy, that it's not a mere passing, you know, like, say, I, I, don't get me wrong, like, I'm hoping to get to go to the beach later on this summer. It'll be wonderful. It's a great thing. I'll enjoy, you know, playing with my nieces and my nephews and all that. But, you know, those things come to an end. It's it's a wonderful time of rest and peace and all that. But, you know, eventually I got to come back to work. I got to do what I'm called to do. If I just, you know, shirked my responsibilities, just stayed at the beach all the time, I'm not going to find true and lasting joy. You know, it's like I, I need to be faithful to what I have promised to do. And it's mm-hmm. it's in that that that's when we find this, this lasting fruit, not just uh, something that's just a, a quick passing, you know, emotion. Yeah, very good. Uh, let's take a uh, phone call, Father. Phone We've got Father. Steve calling in from Houston, Texas. Steve, good morning. Welcome to the program. Yes, good morning. It's great to be with you guys. Appreciate y'all for taking my call. Um, you know, for me, I, I liken the difference between joy versus happiness as, as happiness is circumstantial, which y'all were talking about. It, it's attached to what's happening, but joy can be independent of that. And the, the best example I can give you, especially in Houston right now, is going to see the Houston Astros play baseball at Minute Maid and watching them get blown out. They, <laughs> their, their season has been very up and down this year. But even if that happens, and I have been to plenty of our games and seen them blown out plenty of times, but even then, I'm still – taking joy in the fact that that i'm still there at the game which is a very enjoyable place to be uh i'm I'm very likely enjoying good food i'm enjoying the people that i'm with and it you know when you when you add all that up it's almost as if the outcome of the game itself is almost kind of incidental um i mean of course you'd like to see your team win all the time but unfortunately that doesn't happen but you still take joy in, in in the whole totality of the situation yeah that's great steve i totally agree with you there and i think uh you know it kind of goes back to you know i I think gratitude 
you know, kind of plays into this too. And you, you make a really good point. I mean, just getting to be at the stadium of just getting to partake in the game. Yeah. You know, circumstances are up and down. Sometimes the weather's better. Sometimes it's not, you know, and sometimes there are bugs and sometimes it's a beautiful evening. That's not very buggy. And that's, you know, that doesn't even have to do with the game. Um, where, yeah, I, I think just finding that, that gratitude and getting to participate um, in whatever's going on. And even sometimes, like, let's just say that it's not a baseball game. It's like some sort of a, a sacrifice, something you're having to do that's, that's, that is unpleasant. You know, it's the nice thing about a baseball game. It, it should be a pretty good time, win or lose. But let's say it's something, you know, you have to do for your family that's a, it's a difficult thing. Let's say, like, disciplining your child. Um you can find joy in that, even though it's a hard thing, because you know in the long run it's in their best interest. You know, it's like you're 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 fulfilling your vocation, you're doing what you're called to do. So even if the immediate circumstances are at best unpleasant, you know, and even harder, it's like, you know, you are participating in what you've been called to do in the present moment and to give God thanks for the fact that you get to participate in living that out and uh, and doing it to your best. So from, you know, the Astros to parenting, you know, and, and everywhere in between, it's like, you know, we can find joy and uh, it doesn't rely on the circumstances. So thanks so much for that, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank Always you, appreciate Steve. a baseball analogy. We are talking about joy here today on The Inner Life. If you consider yourself a joyful person, tell us what that means in your life and how it has deepened your spiritual life. If you have a way or ways of sharing joy, spreading joy throughout our world that so desperately needs it, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife@relevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break here on The Inner Life. Lots more to come, though, so stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at RelevantRadio.com quest. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Heaven and nature and sing, heaven yes. Nature sing it there, Mr. Cole. We are so grateful that you are listening to us. It is not Christmas in July here. Well, I guess it is kind of Christmas in July here at the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. We're talking about Christian joy here. And speaking of joy, you know, a great and joy-filled uh, Congress is coming your way. Just a year from now, Relevant Radio is partnering with the National Eucharistic Congress as the premier sponsor of this event. The National Eucharistic Congress will be in Indianapolis one year from now, July of 2024. We'll be broadcasting live right there on site all day and into the evening. And we want to invite you to join us. It's going to be, as I said, filled with joy. Let's show up for Jesus at this once-in-a-lifetime celebration of the Eucharist, July 17th through 21st in Indianapolis. Learn more and keep up to date about the Congress by signing up at relevantradio.com slash indy, I-N-D-Y, and we'll see you there. Our spiritual director today, Father John Eckert from Salisbury, North Carolina, and we're talking, as I said, about Christian joy. Uh, let's go back to the phones. We've got John calling in from San Diego, California. John, thanks for co- thanks for calling in. Welcome to the Inner Life. Uh, yes, hi. Thank you for taking my call. I, I appreciate it. Um, uh, my question is, um, my question is that that uh, I have. I wanted to give an example of how I share joy in parts of my life, 
um, but that um, how do I uh, experience or share joy, experience joy, share joy in other parts of my life, specifically my work life. Um, I had a little bit of backdrop that I want to talk about, but if uh, I can save that for later if, if need be. Yeah, well, should, just uh, just briefly, succinctly, tell us tell us about where you find joy in your life. Well, now I find most of I find most of my joy in, in my family. Um, however, uh, a few years back, I, w- I was having problems in my marriage and a lot more anxiety with my about my children and about their things that are going on in the future and all that. But what I did five years ago was started men's ministry at my mm-hmm. parish, and I learned a lot of practical ways that I can uh, sh- that I can share that I can share joy. And love my family. Um, one one just simple uh, way is to waste time with your family, waste time with your kids, waste time waste time with your wife, and mm-hmm. those kind of things were. I mean, there's 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 so much more. But at work, it's very difficult when um, when you when you're around an, an atmosphere like like I am in a say in like in a production environment where there, there's a lot of uh, angst. There's a lot of uh, bickering, fighting, and more than that, there's a lot of sometimes, uh, um, you know, kind of blasphemous um, and angry and loud kind of, you know, uh, rhetoric. And so, although I, I have done things like I, I take a walk and say the rosary, but then you know, if it's a constant kind of barrage of that in, in an environment. It, it, it makes it really difficult to to uh, share the joy. I can do it with the with the the people, um, with the the artisans or the, or the people that uh, that do the physical labor because I've been there, and I, I understand that. I can relate and I can share with them my story. Uh, but now I'm I'm a, an engineer, and it's 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 so much harder to relate. To, to that population. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you, John. And let's just give Father a chance to respond here. Father, any, any comments for John uh, about his, uh, well, his wasting time suggestion and then um, what to do in the midst of a, of a troublesome work environment? Absolutely. Well, I would just say, well, John, first of all, thanks for the call. And, um, you know, it, what I would say is, you know, I, I, I think it's funny. I remember one time hearing uh, a father of the bride at a wedding reception, you know, making his speech, and he said, "You know, a good marriage is a waste of time." And he's like wasting time with each other, and it was it was really lovely the way that he did it. But I think it is interesting that that we even like <laughs> say it like that. It's like, well, right. why are you working? Like, are you are you living to work? Or are you working to live? And so, you know, I think sometimes we do have a tendency to put off you know, the good things that we can experience in this life, namely, you know, our family, our faith, you know, in, in order to, you know, we got to be more productive. It's like, no, I mean, we're not, we're not robots. I mean, we weren't, we weren't created just to produce. We were created, you know, for these great, you know, spiritual fruits and, and to enjoy them right here and now. Now, does that mean that you should just give up the work? Like, no, it's, it's a good idea to be there. And, what I would say, I think, yeah, praying the rosary is huge. I mean, I definitely, I'm a big fan of on the commute in, on the commute home, be praying for your, 
uh, you know, your, your coworkers, to be praying for the right words at the right time, to be praying to be like the sower that we heard about in the gospel this past Sunday, to just be, you know, scattering that seed of the gospel everywhere you go. And realize this, you know, that was coming from Jesus Christ himself, who knew that as he's teaching and preaching and healing and doing all these wonderful things, some of that would land on soil that was hard and the devil would snatch it away. You will have coworkers that you're not really going to affect. I mean, if Jesus Christ, you know, God incarnate himself, you know, did not, you know, have success with everybody he came into contact with, don't beat yourself up when you don't, you know. But <laughs> that point. being said, you know, do your very best and, you know, be ready to give an account of why you're different, why you're not blasphemous, why you don't talk that way, why you don't engage in those kind of conversations. Why when other when everybody else is all anxious and ticked off all the time, how are you able to keep that third spiritual fruit peace, you know? And 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 then out of that comes just, you know, a sense of joy. It may be muted. I'm not saying you have to like, you know, go whistling through the office all the time, but you know, but, but to just to have that sort sort of sense of inner calm. Why? Because you know what your priorities are. You know, it's like, okay, you're going to do your very best at work. And then you set that down and you go home to your priority, to your wife, to your children, to your parish where you're doing this wonderful ministry and helping other guys in a similar situation, you know, to go out there in the world and be what our Lord told us to be back in the Sermon on the Mount, salt Mm -hmm. and light. He didn't tell us to be bulldozers. You know, he didn't tell us to, you know, launch grenades, be salt and light, you know, like you make a difference in the workplace by, you know, living your life in a different way and having your priorities set in the right way. Is that easy? No. And that's where I would say definitely make sure that your prayer, you know, is strong on the way into and on the way home from work. And then, of course, staying rooted deeply in the sacraments, at least the obligations, if not more. One of the fruits of joy that this really brings to mind, Father, that that John's call was really outlining for me in in your response particularly, and I'm thinking of Pope Francis's apostolic exhortation, Evangeliarum, the uh, joy of the gospel, of course, where in paragraph one he actually says, in this exhortation I wish to encourage the Christian faithful to embark upon a new chapter of evangelization marked by joy. I mean, that seems to be, I guess there is this inherent evangelistic um, uh, quality, I suppose I would say, to joy, to all the fruits of the Spirit, but particularly to joy. Do you want to reflect on that just a little bit, the evangelistic quality of joy? Absolutely. You know, it, it's one of those things that you can't just purchase. You know, it's not like joy is for sale. Um, and it, it's one of those great paradoxes of life that has always fascinated me, that you think about the missionaries of charity, you know, sis, uh, Mother Teresa's sisters, and they work in some of the most impoverished, you know, just, just difficult places to be in the world. And yet, I would challenge you to find people that are more joyful than them, you know, and yet you also have people that are incredibly successful, you know, financially, totally secure with everything they want and all this and end up being some of the most depressed people on earth, you know? And, and I mean, it's, it's a sad reality, but it's like, you know, you, you hear about, you know, famous folks who end up taking their own lives, but it's like, but they had everything, you know, everything in quotes. Um, and so like to have this, to have this deep sense of joy, where does it come from? It comes from knowing and loving Jesus Christ and knowing that you are loved by him. 
and you're not loved by him because of what you've already produced and accomplished and all that. Like I said before about my nieces and nephew, I don't love them because of what they can do for me. I love them because of who they are, the very fact that they exist. And I'm a fallen, weak human being. I mean, how much more does God, who created us in his image and likeness, who has shown us the full extent of his love by the incarnation, by his passion, death, and resurrection, like he is in love with us. So to have that as the foundation of everything and to be continually rooted in that leads to a kind of, I don't know, a, a wonderful weapon against the anxiety of our age, right? Against the anger of our age, against the divisiveness of our age. To be rooted in that leads to true and lasting joy. And to remember that fact that our Lord is, we'll say, in the boat with us, right? Like, uh, I think it's in Mark's gospel, you know, when, when they, you know, Jesus is in the boat with the disciples are crossing the Sea of Galilee, there's a big storm, and he was asleep on a cushion at the right. front of the boat, right? right? And they're all worried yeah. and, up, oh, it's so great. And they're all worried and upset, and, you know, Lord, don't you care that we're about to perish? You know, he calms the storm and, oh, you little faith, you know, why did you doubt? Like, he's in the boat with us. The the thing is, though, I think, once again, it's those thorns of anxiety and the passing of worldly riches. Like, the devil tries to choke the joy out of us to, you know, be, he doesn't want us to bear fruit. But when we keep clinging to Christ, even in the midst of a tempest, right, knowing that he's there, even if he's quiet, he's asleep on the cushion, he is there. And so when we have that kind of confidence and we're different from the rest of the world, and I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest challenges for us in this day and age. Like, do we look different from the wider culture? Like, can people tell by looking at us that we have this deep and abiding joy, you know, that is on the rock solid foundation of the love of Jesus Christ, of the gospel, the good news that he is risen from the dead, you know, and that ultimately, as long as we cling to him, we don't have to be afraid. And I think, you know, Pope Francis is absolutely right. Like that is probably the greatest weapon we have in evangelization because it's different from anything else that the world has to offer. I'm no person who's like against, you know, the good things of the world. Like I said, I'm hoping to go to the beach in a couple of weeks. I will have a few Coronas, right? It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> but, and, and like, and, and, you know, but we thank God for the gift of the Coronas by not drinking too many of them. You know, That's like right. it's, right. we, we, we get, we get these gifts, but the, we got to love the gift giver yeah. and the gift giver loves us so much to give his whole life for us. And because of that, we have this deep abiding joy regardless of the circumstances, regardless of where we find ourselves, whether the Astros are winning or losing, whether the, you know, the work environment is going great or if it's really tough. In all of it, Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And if we're rooted in that, then we're going to have joy. Amen, which is precisely, I'm sure, why uh, Pope Francis went on to say in Evangelii Gaudium, I invite all Christians everywhere at this very moment to a renewed personal encounter with Jesus Christ, or at least an openness to letting him encounter them. I ask all of you, he says, to do this unfailingly each day. Great exhortation from our Holy Father and great direction from our spiritual director, Father John Eckert, pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina, as we are talking about Christian joy. Let's go back to the phones now. Denise is calling in from Oregon. Denise, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you so much, and good morning. I was listening to the conversation, and I was already, my heart is overflowing 
when I leave daily mass. It doesn't matter what state I go in uh, to attend, but I cannot come out without feeling absolutely overwhelmed by the love of God. And there was a song 50 years ago, um, to know, know, know him is to love, love, love him. Um, And we can't love Jesus if we don't know him. And for me, the best way to be getting to know him still is to get to daily mass. And I hear the scripture reading from Old Testament proclaiming his future coming, and I hear the New Testament reading, and I hear the gospel where we have the words of Christ um, directly to us, speaking all the things that you've been talking about, and then we have an interpretation of it, an amplification of it, a beautiful um, Mm, like a different rendering of it from the priest that gives the homily. I I cannot tell you how much the Mass means to me. During COVID, when the churches were shut down I, and I couldn't find the Mass, I was like starving. I just love the Mass and the Eucharist. I just do. And one of the things I am so privileged, it's, it's a joy to have the faith, um, which is a gift, but I know that the more I say yes to hearing Him, to hearing his word at mass and then to trying to live what we're taught there the more the more i say yes the more i feel the love and the joy and the joy i just get to carry with me all day and I, and coming out of mass if i um, treat myself to a cup of coffee or something one time when they, they you know how they ask your name what's your name so we can call you i i said happy um, I could have said joy, but they would have known that was a name, but they said happy. And I said, yeah, because I just got to go to church. And a lot of times I'll say that to people because they, they can tell there's something weird, <laughs> weird, wonderful about how I'm feeling. And I love getting to to say things to people about what the Mass means. That's and great. So anyway, yeah, that's great. Thank you for that. Father, I mean, come on, Joy, and from going to Mass, I mean, how, she, she's she got to hit the nail on the head with that, right? Oh, my gosh, yes. Denise, I couldn't be in more agreement with you, and uh, I'll tell you, like, I, I don't know how people do it without the Mass. I mean, I, I'm blessed to be a priest. I get to celebrate Mass every day of my life, and uh, I just absolutely love it, and it's one of those things too where it's like I feel like the more you go, the more you long for it. And you know, I, I think it's interesting too and kind of what we're talking about and, and Denise brings up the good point of daily mass. You know, I, I think, you know, as we look at, you know, our Lord's presence, you know, it, it is a relationship and we are striving to be close to him. It's not as though we sort of like store up all kinds of you know, spiritual fruits, and then we just kind of go away from him for, you know, a month, and then we got to come back and restock. It's like, no, I mean, I think it's a constant back and forth, you know, a breathing in and breathing out of of the spiritual life, and to continue to be connected to him. I mean, that's why the church gives us the opportunity for Mass every single day, mm-hmm. and how beautiful that is, and what a gift it is to take advantage of that. Um, so, Denise, that's wonderful, and keep Keep encouraging the folks at uh, the coffee shop uh, to come over there and join you. And I will say, I mean, I've been amazed um, just in my years of being a pastor, just to see the people that get invited in and then gradually, you know, just start going more and more and just fall in love with it. And, you know, like anything, like people love to be invited. And I think sometimes, once again, to go back to the parable of the sower, like the devil wants to try to swoop in there and steal that seed. 
but keep throwing it and don't let the devil tell you that, oh, you know, you can't tell people about going to mass. You're going to seem, seem like a religious nut or something like don't don't let him do that to you. Like share the greatest gift we have in saying, you know, like, come, come participate in the sacraments, come check it out. And, you know, if the person's not Catholic, just say, like, hey, come on, can't go to communion yet. But hey, maybe someday we'll get you an RCIA. But come on to mass with me. I mean, you know, the opening of the sacred scriptures, just to see the beauty of the liturgy, uh, to be there and pray. I mean, it, it, it is amazing. And Denise, I couldn't agree with you more. Father John Eckert, again, is our spiritual director as we're talking about Christian joy. Denise just gave a great testimony about how she finds joy in the Mass. Where do you find joy in your Christian life? Give us a call and let us know, 888-914-9149. And how do you spread that joy, as Denise does in the coffee shop? 888-914-9149 or send us an email, at relevantradio.com. Another break coming up, but thank you for tuning in as we're talking about Christian joy here on The Inner Life. we still got more to come, though, so stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Back to the inner life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, Sarah Tafoya, who's taking your phone calls, and to our spiritual director, Father John Eckert, pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. We're talking about Christian joy today here on the program. Joyful call, joyful day. Hopefully you are living a joy-filled life today. But if not, you're in a good place because uh, this is a place where we are talking about joy. Let's go back to the phones. Doris is calling in from Wisconsin. Doris, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in. Thank you for taking my call. And I find joy in our Lord uh, prompting me to go to confession. I try to go to confession every uh, week and a half to two weeks. And just the other day I was... um, heading to morning mass and I knelt down and, you know, I just kept thinking, go to confession, go to confession. I thought, Lord, why? I just went to confession. And so I got up and went to confession on in my way. I'm saying, Lord, you have to tell me what you want to me to tell you in the confessional. And it came out like I had been rehearsing it. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I get so joyful when something like that happens because I know our Lord is prompting me to do stuff like that or to think about maybe something I've done that have, that have offended him. And um, in this case, you know, I just, I, I was astonished. But when I got out of the confessional, I mean, my heart was just full of joy. That's excellent. Doris, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because I totally agree with you. I think confession is an incredible source of joy. And I think a lot of people have a misconception about what's going on in there. And I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to be able to get rid of those things that the devil is trying to beat you over the head with all the time and just, you know, you're terrible because of this, that, and the other thing. And well, you know, and sometimes I think we kind of overcompensate. It's like, well, I'm a good person, this and that. It's just like, no, I mean, what we want is the truth, is reality, and our Lord gives it to us. And we go in there and we just like lay our hearts bare before our Lord 
and you know receive a little bit of guidance, receive a penance, and then to receive absolution. And you know with that mm-hmm. that new translation that came out uh, during Lent, you know God poured out the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of sins. Once again, like God is so overwhelmingly generous and just pours himself out to reconcile us with him, you know, to bring us back with him. And so like, you know, just like our first parents, you know, Adam and Eve, they bought into the lie of the devil thinking that God doesn't really want us to be happy. You know, the devil's, you know, did God really say you can't eat from any of the trees in the garden? He's always trying to make us think that God doesn't really want us to be happy. And when we fall for it, we end up being unhappy. But when we tell him that we're sorry, that we didn't trust him in this way or that, that we went after things that are not good for us, you know, when we acted out of our hurt and hurt others, once we get rid of that, once that's washed away, yeah, then the joy comes flooding in, you know, once again, it's like the the different ground in the parable of the sower. Once that ground is cleared away, that the thorns are gone, the the fruits that come, in particular joy, is just so beautiful. So Doris, it's a, it's a beautiful example keep going to confession frequently. I strive to do the same thing every week or two um, just to keep things in check, you know, and don't don't ever fall for the trap of, well, Father, I don't have to go to confession. It's not like I've murdered anyone or anything. Great, but, you know, don't just shoot for the bare minimum. We're not Christians to be just not murderers. We're called to be other Christs. So keep coming to him and you'll be amazed uh, just the the fruits that come from that confession in particular joy. That's right. And never fall into the trap of calling and calling the confessional the penalty box, right? It's not the penalty box. It's the grace box. It's the joy box, as Doris was just saying. Yeah, get in there and get some of that grace and get some of that joy that the that the Lord is offering to us through the absolution that he grants us because of his cross, his death on our behalf. Thank you, Doris, for the phone call. Let's go now to Charles calling in from Portland, Oregon. Charles, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. I've been a Catholic for 90 years, uh, a Korean veteran, but when I got out of that, I, I went joined the Knights of Columbus when I was 19. Now I'm in my 90s. And uh, I used to go with the Knights of Columbus to the young men in prison, 15 to 18 years old in California. And I made up a card with joy and happiness on it. And I used to tell them, joy stands for Jesus, others, and you. And happiness stands for helping all people in need. And uh, I would give them the card with several of my passages on it. I never put my name on the card. I put a, a, a gift. This is a gift from God. And and, uh, and uh, I, I responded to young men for various things, and, and they were just... Uh, God only knows what happened to him. But one of the joyous times in my life, my wife died. We were married 62 years. She died two years ago. And she, she had a graduate degree from the Catholic University of San Francisco in, in, in theology and that and taught for 50 years retreats and things like that, the immigrants. And she she was a joy of my life, I guess. I feel like a football team without a quarterback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I think the joyous part of my life, one of my times is after Mass when I get to visit with people that have attended Mass at the same mm-hmm. time. 
Thank you, Charles. Thank you for that phone call. And I love that. I love the uh, the card, joy, Jesus, others, you, Father. Yeah, that's Charles. That's beautiful. And uh, I'll pray for the repose of the soul of your wife. I still have Mass later on today, so I'll be thinking of her when I'm offering Mass later. Um, I got to tell you, I, I appreciate just, you know, from the different callers we've had back from Steve at the Astros game to John at work, you know, and Denise at Daily Mass, Doris and the confessional, you know, now Charles and, you know, Charles going from, you know, the Korean War into prisons. As yeah. Steve said in the beginning, like joy, it's not just circumstantial, you know, the, the beauty of Christian joy is that we know that Jesus is risen from the dead, that even when we lose our loved ones, right? Like I've heard that phrase, you know, time heals all wounds. It doesn't. I mean, it makes them more bearable, but no, it's a wound. It's hard to lose one that we love, but we can still hold on to the joy of knowing that we will one day be together again, you know, that that our Lord is risen from from the dead. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, that, you know, we have hope in the resurrection. And so as Christians, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, we can hold on to that joy. I wanted to mention at some point in this conversation, one of my favorite saints, that's St. Saint Maximilian Kolbe. You know, to think about him in the midst of the concentration camp in Auschwitz. Yeah, good point. And, cont- you know, it's like, that's like hell on earth. And yet, you know, he can still lay down his life for a, for a fellow prisoner. He can be in a starvation bunker for days and continue to sing Christian hymns, to continue to, you know, be focused on Jesus, on others, and then on himself, you know. And it's like the Nazis could not rob him of that undying joy. And that's, you know, it's just one of those things where to look at that, we don't need to be afraid because it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. And I'll admit, like, you know, it's, it's, it's easier sometimes in some places than others. But our Lord has called us not to mere comfort, but to the greatness of holiness, of living out love for him, regardless of the circumstances. And it's because of that that we can have joy. And it's not just merely passing. It, it can be present anywhere. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I, this has been running through my head all show, so I'm going to just read it from Hebrews chapter 12. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you talk about the saints, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of faith. And here it comes, Father, you alluded to this earlier. For the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, and has taken his seat at the right of the throne of God. Great encouragement, great uh, opportunities for joy. Thank you for joining us for this hour of spiritual direction with our spiritual director, Father John Eckert. Father, as always, we'd like to close the show with a blessing. So if you would, please. You got it. Through the intercession of our Blessed Mother and that great cloud of witnesses of all the saints, may our Lord pour down his blessings upon you and help you to grow in his fruits, especially joy. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Christian joy. If you know somebody who needs a little joy in their life, go over to relevantradio.com slash innerlife and share this program with them with them, and help them to maybe encounter the Lord in that new way that Pope Francis encourages us to do. Coming up tomorrow, we've got Father Michael Harchi with the Redemptive Suffering and guest host Brooke Taylor is going to be with us. Until then, grace and peace.